It is starting to consume you. You can sense it just on the other side of consciousness. A creeping, crawling, oozing movement, slowly but firmly latching onto you. Your entire body shudders. You should be afraid. You should be squirming to escape, overcome by terror. But you actually feel calm, content, comfortable. There is something familiar about the sensation, something loving. Suddenly you recall what it is buried in the recesses of your mind. You recall the source of this familiarity. Is it? It is. It's Zombie Fishbowl, a podcast about random shit. (laughs) It's only Danielle and Melanie, and they're here with part two of the episode about H.P. Lovecraft. (laughs) Hello. Hello. So that was my attempt at a Lovecraftian oh, intro. I love being a creepy, crawling, slimy thing. I'm all about What's it. What's with love? <laughs> that is so accurate. <laughs> I read it to Turner to test whether or not it was suitably long for an intro, because it felt short. Yeah. Um, And then I was like, at the end of it, I was like, did it feel a little sexual? <laughs> Did it turn you on just a little bit? Did it feel like some kind of tentacle was going to insert itself (laughs) comfortably into an orifice? Because if so, that's what H.P. Lovecraft would have wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that wouldn't be, that's not a bad thing. No. (laughs) If anything, it would be appropriate for this particular, you know, um, podcast. Feeling it. Feeling it. It's actually been a while since we've recorded. Yeah, yeah, it has. Uh, like, it's like I was telling Danielle before we started recording, this whole week has been kind of a blur. And so I'm just like, it feels like a month since I last talked to you. It has been a month. Has it? Really? Yeah, yeah. Four weeks. Oh, holy shit. Yeah, because we decided to split it in two, we took our last recording day off, which would have been a fortnight after the first one. So now we're back recording an intro for it to be up tonight. So that, well, actually, so is that three weeks, not four weeks? It's close enough. So <sighs> I don't feel like I'm wrong now. So that, that, that helps. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the, the concept of time is so abstract at the moment that I think we could be forgiven for not recognizing whether something is a week, a month, a year. Yeah. Or a day. So. <laughs> Right, so let's 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 get let's get to it. So we're recording this intro after the recording has already been like edited and ready to go for part two. And so it's gonna sound a little funky, but that's okay, right guys? Yeah, you love us anyway, right? (laughs) That was the space in the um audio for you to say out loud, yes. Yes. Um, so we're still going to do our regular thing. And uh, so, um, yeah. Do you have any updates, Melanie? Not particularly. The website, um, I've just recently talked to my sister. So that should be happening soon. The the whole going live with it thing. Uh, we will let you know on our social medias when that officially happens. But I'm guessing within the next month, uh, hopefully month and a half, at the, two months at the latest. But within that sphere of time, the mm-hmm. website should be live, which should be really nice. Um, so that's really my only update. 
Okay. Does that mean I have to do things? Uh, only if you want to. I, I, I think I'm going to be doing most of it, so it's all good. Okay. I mean, I will have more time to do things shortly, but yeah, I, th- I, I, I feel like I've really neglected it, but it like justifiably so because um, I've hopped from one project to the other and I, I just feel like, uh, when I get home, I don't really want to be on a computer screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally understandable. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, right, I don't have any updates either about the podcast, only that, um, you know, keep listening, keep sharing, keep giving us reviews if you want to, keep telling your friends. Uh, but there's no real new things to say. Yeah. Um, I guess maybe as far as updates go would be the potential for uh, extra bits after this episode. Yes, do tell. Okay, so with the recording that will be following this intro, I really wanted to get into the monsters of Lovecraft, some of the lore itself, and we didn't really end up doing that. What what will follow this is more of a conversation about uh, Lovecraftian-inspired works. So either in a supplemental small episode or on our YouTube, we'll see how much energy I have in the future. Um, I will be going into the lore, the mythos, and the creatures. So stay tuned for that. We'll let you know on our social medias when that happens and in what way. Yes, that should be fun. I'm excited. I I already started writing it, but then I kind of ran out of steam. I was playing D&D last night, so I got like distracted. Excuses! (laughs) <laughs> i got i got attacked by there's a monster called a roper which looks like a stalagmite but it has a whole bunch of tentacles and it nearly killed me it took me down to zero health but i came back but it was brutal last night <laughs> i got my ass kicked fun sorry so share oh, that sorry, 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 sorry. good is that <laughs> part of your thing then the the absolute diabolical cruelty that you endure during your D game last night yeah, I suppose that can be it. Really, my, my DM, I keep pulling off these really cool moves and doing cool stuff, and my DM doesn't give a shit. <laughs> it's really, really starting to frustrate. Every time I try and do a cool thing, it doesn't work. And it should have worked if my DM, for some reason, didn't hate my character. And I think I figured out why. My DM is terrified of clowns, all right? And my character is Carrion Corpsey the Clown Creed. She's a tiefling clown. And, well, not clown, she's a juggler. She's an entertainment. She's an she, entertainer. She's a circus performer. She doesn't have the clown makeup, but I think there's just something that my DM just kind of really doesn't want me to succeed Aww. because of my, my clown affiliations. And I don't think he even really realizes it. I feel, I feel like, can you taste that? It's like yeah, sour grapes. well even he said he goes i feel like i'm being really mean to your character you are you really are i did cool shit i juggled dead crows to try and distract a wraith and you didn't let it work (laughs) well maybe he thinks you can endure it you know it's a compliment to you as a person that he thinks that you can handle that kind of cruelty I mean, I can, but still, it's like totes rude. Fair. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I guess that's my thing. Okay, cool. All right. That's that sorted. Yeah. Um, 
my thing this week is um oh i'm this is gonna sound like oh i don't care how it sounds i'm having to cut back on caffeine even more than i already had so for like the last year maybe a bit longer i stopped uh drinking caffeine after noon yeah it would affect my sleep but now when i drink caffeine i have proper physical reactions to it like my heart starts beating really fast and i feel really like sensitive and fluttery like i've had six freaking red bulls and so i've had to just i have i've had to just one coffee a day in the morning to wake me up and that's yeah. it i can't have any more because caffeine's even if i have like a coke it's mm-hmm. like because <gasps> i have rum in the cupboard hemp rum that that is like delicious but i like to mix it with like a cola yeah like, it's a dark rum with a dark cola but cola has caffeine in it Oh. It affects my heart and my body. And Are I you can't... drinking enough water? That might be I'm part of drinking it. more water now than I think I ever have in my life. I have one of those oh. massive water bottles. Um, I probably could do with drinking more when I'm at home, but I, I've been drinking like a gallon of water a day on site, and it's still affecting me. And I really noticed it yesterday, really noticed, because I kind of ignored it because it was the weekend. And I had a coffee in the morning and I was okay. And then I had another one at about 11. And then I was like, why am I feeling like I'm going to have an anxiety attack? Oh, no, it was the coffee. (laughs) You don't understand how much I love coffee. Yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, I can't have any caffeine after like three. Because then, I'll yeah, my vision gets blurry and everything gets hot. And I'm like, it feels weird. Oh, it's the caffeine. Fuck. Yeah. But, but I wonder, I've um, had a conversation with somebody about caffeine and how their theory is that possibly I've passed a threshold of having consumed my maximum allowance of caffeine in my lifetime already. Yeah. And that so now I've 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 acquired a, a sensitivity to caffeine. Like I flipped all the way back because I was telling her about how when I was like 18, we would sit at Denny's until three or four in the morning drinking bottomless cups of coffee. And then I would go home and go straight to sleep. I could crash off a caffeine high or whatever within about half an hour to an hour. Yeah. And I think she's onto something. Yeah, Maybe you're only allocated right. so much caffeine in your in your life. <laughs> I'm drinking decaf. Oh, ouch. I'm sorry. It's because I love it so yeah <laughs> i'm sad anyway that's my thing that i'm having to resort to decaf or no coffee at all except for in the morning when it's actually doing it's jolting me out of bed yeah so i've done i've known danielle for like 20 years so that I, I know what kind of blow this is and i'm 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 sorry it's the only thing i'll actually argue with a brit about what's better to your coffee like yeah coffee hands down he's great but coffee is just so much better (laughs) i think many americans will agree with you (laughs) 
and Italians and French people and you know I mean come on like the world loves coffee yeah 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 whole tea versus coffee debate yeah so we should do our breath and get to it yeah let's do it all right so we will breathe in um the creativity and energy that just comes with life and 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 things like that i got i got i'm so tired i'm sorry you need a coffee I need a coffee and we will breathe out the frustrations of not being able to succeed at the things that we want to do in the minimal ways, like having more coffee or, you know, successfully uh, distracting a wraith by juggling crows. So on the count of three, one, two, three. (sighs) Oh, that was a nice breath. I feel refreshed. Right, so everybody, we're going to let you listen to the episode now. I just want to warn you, though, um, on a few points. First of all, I'm very, very tired when we recorded this. We had already been recording at this point for about an hour and 10 minutes. (laughs) And I had had proclaimed at the beginning of this podcast that I was extremely tired already because it was the end of a work day. So I kind of act like a bit of a prat in some points um but in an adorable funny way so i've left it in for you uh i've kind of left it pretty raw um i um and ah quite a lot and i say things that don't make sense and have to start over again but i think it just kind of adds to the um uh realness yeah realness i'm keeping it real guys I was extremely tired and you can tell. Also, there's like big old chunks of times where you can hear my cats in the background. Um, you, I'll, you win a prize if you give me the time codes for the time yeah. that you can hear, hear my cats. It's quite adorable and quite funny. And also, please excuse my pronunciations of uh, Lovecraftian um, words. Yeah. Because I was there was one where I think I gave up trying to pronounce it and you had to say it. <laughs> I don't even remember that happening. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm not 100% sure I, I pronounced it properly either. So, you know. And to be fair, like what was in part one, we do explain that Lovecraft made these words in a tongue which humans are not supposed to be able to yeah. speak anyway. So, you know, let's be don't fair. <laughs> so, everybody, I hope you enjoy part two. And hopefully we'll also have some supplemental episode or two uh coming up about the monsters so enjoy yeah Yeah. he's a complex character um but there's no denying his imagination is something special yeah Uh, i mean cthulhu in itself this this giant god with a tentacled face and wings this this massive monster he's it's in everything and i can't imagine without cthulhu how much we would not have right now as far as like entertainment and fiction wise, he's such a huge, hugely inspiring creature. Yeah. Some of the people that you, as you're listening, uh, will, some of the popular media, if you will, that you know and love are by people who were very, very much inspired by Lovecraft. Um, So much of our, the horror genre uh, in general is just, it, it seemed pointless to me to go through and list the films and everything that was inspired by Lovecraft because it just would be the whole genre. But I've yeah. kind of put together, I have put together a list of um, different 
like I've got like film, television, games, miscellaneous, you know. Nice. I've got a little list of like the ones that I think are particularly worth mentioning if you want me to go through a little bit. Let's do it. Okay. So um, the first thing I want to mention is uh, the story Herbert West Reanimator, which is probably the only one I have read more than a paragraph of, but not very much because I don't particularly, it's, this is a controversial thing, I don't particularly enjoy reading Lovecraft. Pure, pure uncut, like undiluted Lovecraft to me is very difficult. Yeah, it's it's a lot. Yes, I like to experience Lovecraft through some kind of filtration system, <laughs> which is usually some some other mind, and we'll get into some of those minds um, very shortly. Some of the greatest filmmakers in history we'll okay. talk about. But the first one um, I did want to mention was uh, Herbert West Reanimator because I, I I started to try to read Herbert West Reanimator because of the films with Jeffrey Combs reanimator which are very good and they don't sort of they don't fit into the Cthulhu mythos and all that it's totally different so it it feels one of the least Lovecrafty Lovecraft stories yeah yeah so it's very very it's very sort of um I wanted to just mention that one so that I could put it aside because the rest of the stuff I'm going to talk about is Lovecraft in what you would understand with all the gooey monsters and the things from the sea and the old ones and all that sort of stuff so we'll go into that so we have let's start off with the absolutely obvious and brilliant Guillermo del Toro he is probably one of Lovecraft's biggest fanboys as well he will talk to anyone who has a camera and wants to do a documentary about Lovecraft (laughs) (laughs) it seems he loves him uh, his writing, I should say. And he also sort of understands that Lovecraft wouldn't have liked him very much. Um, <laughs> so so true. <laughs> he would not have liked Guillermo de Toro. But um, that young child of... If you could just imagine Guillermo de Toro in his bedroom with you know becoming the brilliant person that he is, reading Lovecraft. Yeah. Um, the ones that stick out to me in sort of like Lovecraftian mythology, you probably disagree because so much of it is, but I would say Hellboy and yeah. Pacific Rim are the two. Yeah. I know Pacific Rim is like everyone goes, it's not real, it's not real. So, but I'm sorry, but they are these magnificently massive monsters that come out of a huge crack in the ground that have been there for thousands and thousands of years that is this fucking myth of the old ones right just because we've got like techie things fighting them that's what brings it into 2020 yeah right so well into the 21st century but the premise for pacific rim is definitely definitely rooted in lovecraftian lore in the mythos and hellboy pretty much lives in it so all the characters and all the um uh Uh, environments and the occurrences in the Hellboy comics and uh, and later films are essentially like what if it was what if it was really like that what if Lovecraftian monsters lived around us all the time Uh, they're just not supersized yeah pretty much anywhere where you see tentacles Lovecraft yeah 
yeah, we're going to get into that <laughs> list now. We're going to go into the tentacle list now. Well, don't, so, don't forget, what was the other uh, Guillermo del Toro movie with the, the fish man and, and the girl? Right, you're talking about The Shape of Water. Yeah, yeah. That is there. I, I, I resisted with putting that one on the Lovecraftian list because... Oh, totally. It's totally Lovecraftian. It is. It is. It is. Everything Del Toro does is Lovecraftian. Even Pan's Labyrinth and things like that. All of it, you know. But the reason I didn't put it in my, like, ones that, like, are my the most Lovecraftian is because the the the, mon- the monster, but the, the, the dude is the only one. Yeah. He's the only fish dude. Oh, fair enough. And but... I thought... That's okay. That's you can't you you can't really put a parallel to the Lovecraftian mythos so much just because one of the characters is a fish. It felt <laughs> it felt it felt Lovecraftian to me. Even it even, does. It you know does. What I mean? But I it's, felt it's it about was, the feeling. It's the feeling. It's the, the texture it of it. It has the heart of Lovecraft yeah. in it. Um, but I just felt that it was uh, a bit of a it's a it's a fish dude. So it's you know <laughs> that's a very handsome fish dude. Um, yeah, we're nodding. Like I don't know if people would understand if they're if like they're understanding their strange sexual feelings between about the, the the fish dude in the shape of water, but it's true. I'd tap it. It had a good body. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry. Anyway, move on. sorry. Okay, see. All right. So let's go through. So I'm gonna go. Sh- kind of do some crash bang wallop sort of things but let's go so we've got um the alien films okay yeah Yeah. i guess that oh definitely without a doubt doubt, um uh ripley will have been um it's ripley 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 yeah ripley ridley ridley scott ridley scott ripley ridley scott ridley scott was almost definitely inspired by i mean come on yeah 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 um, Evil Dead, um, Atal. So Army of Darkness, Evil Dead, so all that sort of stuff. Hey, this isn't so much my opinion as it is a list off Wikipedia. Okay. Um, I wondered about that too, but anyway. Well, it's got so, the Necronomicon. Yeah, that's pretty much it, isn't it? I think really? that's pretty much it, yeah. Oh yeah, so we should mention that. So the Necronomicon is uh, a book that is... Uh, in Lovecraft mythology that yeah. describes the Lovecraft mythology. It's the Bible of the uh, mythos. Yeah, um, pretty much. Written by the mad Arab. Yeah, oh my god, yeah, I forgot I was read by oh, the mad Arab. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, uh, uh, the Necronomicon is, you might not have known that, listener, the Necronomicon is uh, Lovecraft. He made that up. Yeah, specifically Lovecraft. Yeah. Yes. Um, right, so we've got John Carpenter's John Carpenter, The Thing. Oh, yeah, totally. Right? So this list also mentions Prince of Darkness and In the Mouth of Madness, but I've not seen them. But I've you seen, seen the... In the Mouth of Madness? No, I haven't. I'm so sorry. What it's on my list. I know. <laughs> but I've seen The Thing many times, and it disturbs me to this day. Oh, it's genius. It's such a good good movie. It's fabulous, but it's definitely, definitely. So, the next thing I'm going to mention is going to make you laugh. It was on the list, and I was like, what? And then when I was thinking about it, I think they're more talking about, okay, so Ghostbusters. Right. I didn't think so either, but that, this list 
goes into it a little bit in terms of there was because of the gods yeah because there's like that sort of the <laughs> do you remember the cartoon here. Yes. Do you remember the ish, cartoon? Ish. Right. I definitely remember the cartoon. I think I might have been quite a fan of it. And there's an episode called The Collect Call of Cthulhu. Oh my god. Really? <laughs> so I went through the same struggle you just went through, trying to be like, why why Ghostbusters? Why? Why? They're talking about the cartoon. Uh-huh. And this this episode called The Collect Call of Cthulhu. And when they have all of the sort of Lovecraftian monsters and stuff like in the episode and they have to like bust them you know that's so funny nice all right yeah i really want to track this episode down yeah no shit right um and then i've got some stuff that things that feature the necronomicon but that's a bit of a cop out but we won't respect i'm gonna skip them instead because of time and board but i'm gonna (laughs) mention cabin in the woods by josh Sweden. right yeah can't i'm that there's like 80 percent of the monsters in it are probably from lovecraft story and the merman in itself is like the most perfect insect <laughs> creature ever right <laughs> and the whole premise of it is that the facility is sacrificing young people to the ancient ones they don't even like paint that give them a different name he called they, she calls they called them the ancient ones yeah and they, they once were like the dominant you know like the dominant power on earth and now they're forced to live below um and and so that they don't rise up again they get these five young people sacrificed in these very funny ways yeah uh, and if we want to mention uh ridley scott again prometheus which is more um, okay, yeah. Lovecraftian than maybe Alien. So if you weren't quite convinced by Alien, Prometheus might um, do the uh, job. Do the job, right? Um, and then there's also a very very recent movie called The Lighthouse, which I know you haven't seen yet, but I have. It's got Willem Dafoe and the guy that plays the sparkly vampire, Robert Patterson. Yeah. In it, Turner and I went to see that. It is fucked. Nice. Oh. I know, I know, I know. I need to watch it. I just really, I have no patience for artsy horror films, so it just, I, I have, I have a wall up, and I know I really need to get over it and see it. I can't, I can't help you there. It's an artsy horror film, but it's the, it's, but it's, it's beautiful. Willem Dafoe is fucking amazing. Robert Patterson is amazing. It's dark. It's depressing, and it's creepy, and then it's fucked up. And that's all I'm going to tell you. It will screw with your head. Okay, I'll do it. Okay. And everyone that's seen it, that's listening, that's Lovecraft. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. In a nutshell. (laughs) Um, There's something that wasn't on the list that was on Wikipedia, but it's on my... I I always think of it when I think of um, Lovecraftian... Um, inspired films was a, a film from 2010 called Monsters. Did you see that? I don't think I did. I think it's on my list and I just haven't gotten around to it. Right. So so Monsters was a film about uh, okay, so a guy has to get himself and a kid through Mexico which has been like infected and run over with these giant monsters. It's a very, very thinly veiled metaphor for the demonization of immigrants. So yeah. the monsters 
the monsters and the general aesthetic of the film are very 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 Lovecraftian and it's kind of it's quite ironic because it's sympathetic to the Mexicans yeah. and pa- paints the Americans as the monsters nice. even even though these monsters are supposed to be the monsters really highly recommend that film um, nice. probably not your children quite yet fair enough because <laughs> every time they see mist they probably will freak out so. oh speaking of mist Oh, that's definitely on there. Come on. <laughs> Just one more thing and then we'll talk about the mist, right? Okay. One more is that you pro- you mentioned it briefly before, that imagery of the um, octopus man, like tentacles coming out of the face and stuff like that. Just very, very roughly, loosely based, Bill Nye's character in yeah. uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, is definitely a Lovecraftian uh, monster. It's definitely a Lovecraftian inspired character, and he's meant to look a bit like Cthulhu. Yeah, That's yeah. what. If Cthulhu was a man, he would look like that. It's just missing the wings. Exactly, exactly. And he's human sized. And he's human sized. Um, yeah. And wearing wearing clothes, which I don't <laughs> imagine Cthulhu would do. No. But basically, <laughs> yeah. basically, if 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 Cthulhu decided to take the form of a of a human, that would yeah. be what it would look like. Totally. And yeah, I think everybody watching it was just like, oh, look at that little Cthulhu guy. <laughs> look at that Cthulhu guy. Really? <laughs> the only thing about that film that was even remotely entertaining yeah. was and watching again, his tentacles move around. I'd tap it. <laughs> it's the voice. It's the voice. It's Bill Nye's yeah. voice. It's yeah, voice. Well, and also, I, I love hentai too, so you know, it's that. Um, so. Let's not go there today. <laughs> I'm not against it, is all I'm saying. <laughs> okay, so we're going to have to talk about The Mist. Because we're yes. going to have to talk about Stephen King a little bit. Yeah. Um. So, The Mist is from 2007. It, can you believe it's that long ago? Can you believe it's that long ago? Can you ago? believe that that only sounds like it's a couple years ago to me? <laughs> I still can't wrap my head around it. You there tell me 1994, t- and I'm all like, cool, like six years ago, right? Yeah. No. No. Thirteen years ago, this movie came out and devastated us, and we never recovered from it. Jesus, Jesus. All right, so we're not going to tell you anything about the mist. I think we might have mentioned the mist in our favorite horror stories Probably. episode. Um, yeah, gothic horror, because this is where Stephen King crosses over into. Because Stephen King is is the most inspired by some of the most brilliant writers that like but like it's it's just i should like him Mm -hmm. but i'm not a big fan i'm 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 on and i'm on and off i like him as a human and i like i like a lot of his work Mm. uh but i would never sit there and be like you know stephen king's my favorite horror author because it's just not true but the mist i mean I read the book. The book was, I think, originally uh, published in, like, the 1980s. Mm. Um, and it's this short little novella. And it's fucking my favorite Stephen King book. Not, period. 19, the end. 1985. <laughs> A year just, before I was born. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. Um, but it, was, it is, hands down, my favorite Stephen King story mm. ever. Um, even, the, even the audiobook of it is just so fucking worth it every single thing that is the mist is completely worth it i haven't seen the show I've, i saw like little bits and pieces of it kind of 
am weary of that. But other than that, like everything mist oriented, super Lovecraftian and and just one of the greatest stories because it really is that perfect mix of telling you putting you in a horror scenario while also tell like like just giving you a really great idea of humans and how quickly they can work in these terrible situations. I just think it's a fucking brilliant brilliant story i always love it when people who are inspired by lovecraft take lovecraft's mythos and put it into their own uh narrative so with stephen king he was exploring the idea of uh, monstrousness in humanity and the way that we treat each other and the way that we're so easily uh resort to violence when we're afraid and when Del Toro does it, he uses the mythos of uh, Lovecraft to um, create fairy tales in which um, we can inhabit uh, almost naturally and casually and uh, very comfortably, um, but with characters that are straight out of like old sort of westerns and uh, uh I would, you know, I would say westerns. I mean, in Hellboy, he's yeah, he's definitely it's history like, books. It's, it's history books, yeah. So it's like other genres. So it's sort of genre bends. Um, mm-hmm. Just taking because you can take Lovecraftian mythos and take it into loads and loads of different genres, and it even gets used for children's stuff. I've got some ch- more children's stuff on my list as well. It just, it's a place. It's a mythology that's really quite flexible and versatile and he encouraged people to write about it while he yeah. was alive yeah. um he, he 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 didn't set out to like start a religion that's not quite it but he sort of set out to start a mythology that people could um play with play with yeah definitely yeah i don't think that that was his intent from the beginning but he certainly went there in the end and some of the greatest and most wonderful writers also um are inspired by him maybe not his prose but his imagination um so we've got like neil gaiman is a self-proclaimed massive uber fan um and uh terry pratchett yeah. Oh, well. yeah. So Discworld, there's the dungeon dimension, which is an endless wasteland outside of time and space, and out there horrors dwell, um, and they seek to invade reality, warp existence, and uh, there's he's always referencing these sort of like dungeon dimensions in the books, uh, most explicit of which is the Necrotella Comic Con. <laughs> That's not how you say it. Hold on. I said Comic-Con at the end of that. Necrotelecomnicon. Yes. There we go. I've only ever read it, so it was really hard to say it out loud. <laughs> and that's almost def- like uh, definitely based on the Necronomicon. Oh, yeah. And then Never when... So Pratch- no, I mean... <laughs> and then, <laughs> then when he worked with uh, Neil Gaiman on Good Omens... Haster actually appears in the book as one mm-hmm. of the Dukes of Hell. Um, Gaiman has has written loads of like not just inspired by stories, but world um, stories within the Lovecraft world. Yeah, yeah. I Cthulhu, which is a short story uh, featuring Cthulhu dictating an autobiography to a human slave. There's a uh, Shogoth's old peculiar which is another short story which is featured in Smoke and Mirrors, the compilation book, with a, an American tourist which happens who happens upon Innsmouth. 
which is the English seaside town where uh, basically like everything started, right? It's like a lot of the stories take place in Innsmouth. Yeah, I, I mean, Innsmouth is basically like a little port town that benefited greatly from the old ones at the price of having to breed with fish people. Yes. <laughs> again, you've got to see the, the lighthouse. You've got to see. Anyway, um, that's not giving you anything away. And in this particular story, uh, it's an elderly Cthulhu um, in Shogoth's old peculiar. Um, all the people that live in Innsmouth that have gotten old, but they're still a fault. Fo- they're still followers of Cthulhu. I think there was, there was mainly Dagon was was their deity outside of Innsmouth. I think it's been a while. Well, I, I, yeah, the short synopsis of the story um, that I picked up was that uh, an American tourist happens upon Innsmouth, an English seaside town, and its elderly Cthulhu followers who explain about their master whilst getting drunk on an odd local beer. Nice, nice. And he also wrote a story which sounds amazing that I have to get a hold of. It's called A Study in Emerald, which is a Sherlock Holmes Lovecraft cross- crossover. Ooh. Right? Nice. Yeah. So, sold. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have um, Dagon on your list, I'm sure, right? As in? Like the movie Dagon? I didn't know because I've not seen it. Yeah, I didn't want to. A... I didn't want to talk about every single movie that was inspired by Lovecraft because I know, so but, many. It, but this this one, Dagon, it's it's awesome. It's Stuart Gordon, two thousand one, um, and it's basically the shadow of, over Innsmouth, but play, it's uh, takes place, I believe, in a like Spanish uh, like city or port. Oh, it's so good, it's so good. I mean, it's, it's got some cheese ball effects a little bit because I mean it's two thousand one, but. Poof, man! If you love if you love uh, Lovecraft, if you haven't seen this movie, freaking see it, because I remember seeing it when it came out, and I was just obsessed, obsessed with that movie. Okay, cool. All right, I've I've just never seen it, never heard of it, so uh, it's passed me by. I'm just gonna. (laughs) Sorry, I'm just gonna kind of. Shall I fly through the rest? Right, I'll fly through the rest. So there's some more Stephen King books that we didn't mention, other than The Mist. And I didn't know this, but in Salem's Lot, the original congregation of the town worship Yogg-Sogoth. Yogg-Sogoth. Yeah. Or is it Yogg-Sogoth? Yogg-Sogoth. Yeah. And also the prequel, Jerusalem's Lot, which he wrote after... Salem's Lot, but it's a prequel. Anyway, um, and The Stand, there's a sorcerer in it that has a bunch of aliases, and one of his, one of the aliases is Nyarlathotep. Guys, it's really hard to pronounce these words, but he does it on purpose because you're not supposed to be able to, which is, I, I think, one of the old ones, right? Yes, I believe so. Alright, and in Crouch End, which is a short story, um... There are loads and loads of references to the mythos within the story. So it's, it, there's too many references just to like put in a little synopsis. But apparently throughout the novel or the short story of Crouch End, um, he references the Lovecraft mythos quite a lot. Right. So I'm going to fly on to television now. I'm almost done, I promise. So um, 
I'll start with the one that I I learned about um by reading this list, which has made me really interested in tracking down these episodes. But for an entire year of its run, um, 95 episodes long, Dark Shadows had a complete story arc under the um Lovecraft mythos. mythos. Yeah. It's commonly known as the Le- the Le- Le- Leathans. How do you say? Leviathans. <laughs> okay. But All right, I'm full... putting that down. Yeah, I know, it's right. The full title of it is Barnabas Falls Under the Control of the Leviathans. It's episode number 886 to 950. And the storyline is inspired by H.P. Lovecraft's shared universe known as the Cthulhu Mythos and particularly by the short story The Dunwich Horror. So it's 95 episodes of Dark Shadows is is around the Lovecraft. And I did not know that. And it ran from 1969 to 1970. But it's 95 episodes. Wow. God damn it. I had so many episodes. Was it on every day or something? Jesus. It must have been. That's so nuts. I went down like a little rabbit hole about it. Like just a tiny rabbit hole. Just to find out that the studio completely fucked up all of the the like episode numbering and that would drive some people absolutely nuts like they just didn't number the episodes properly on purpose for different reasons it's just oh it's just stupid anyway Uh, it's like the best worst show ever (laughs) i need to i need to there's so much of it oh my god there's thousands of episodes okay anyway right okay so just for a little bit of fun guys there's like kids tv so some fun Digimon, Digital Monsters, had an episode called The Call of Dagomon. Oh my god. (laughs) The silhouette of Dagomon appears rising from the sea, bearing a striking resemblance to Cthulhu. In the same episode, Digimoji, a fictional alphabet featured in the Digimon franchise, translates to a bunch of gibberish, Cthulhu, Rhea, like it's got like a bunch of... um, That's awesome. Uh, awesome. like gibberishy words and Cthulhu's in the middle of it and they go to Innsmouth in the episode and the title is uh, Degamon no Yobigui <laughs> which is a reference to the call of Cthulhu but just not in my native tongue oh my lord um in Ben 10 Ultimate Alien the main antagonist of the third season is Dagon nice nice but it's Diagon. D-I-A-G-O-N. Diagon. Oh, boy. There's Doctor Who has done loads of episodes. South Park has done Lovecraft. I think even Red Dwarf um, has, like, an episode that kind of throws into some some deep old ones under the sea that can control your mind. Missed that one. I yeah, missed that I've one. been... I've been rewatching Red Dwarf. Oh, okay, I that one. And I'll just throw it out there. Rick and Morty's probably pretty. Has got some some Lovecrafty stuff in there. Cthulhu um, flies in on the intro uh, to, <laughs> to one of the seasons. There's, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. There's actually. I just never want to. I never want to mention Rick and Morty because he's fucking. They're the fucking fan base are toxic. Yeah, but it's such an amazing show. I enjoyed it, but they don't get it. The people that love the show the most don't get it. Totally, totally. Okay. You know what I'm talking about. I, get, right? I totally get you. Yeah, they're they're in it for a whole other reason. But mm. the genius, the genius of that show is staggering. 
Um, but there's actually some so there's some kids movies called like Howard Lovecraft and the Frozen Kingdom. These animated films. And yeah, I love it. Yeah. I don't hate them. I don't hate them. I wanted to hate them, but my kids love it. So yeah. I'm all about it. And then it, it doesn't shy away from the fact that his father is completely insane and in a mental hospital. Like it, it's not shying away from some of the more grueling stuff. Obviously, there's none of the, the xenophobia in there, but uh, yeah, it was, that was fucking fun. <laughs> well, was talk, yeah. All right, all right, fair enough. Talking of mental institutions, asylums, um, Arkham Asylum in Batman uh-huh. is named after Arkham, which is a city that Lovecraft uses a lot. It's a little bit of a nod. It's a little nod, but it is a oh, nod a, nonetheless. It's a massive nod. It's a pretty because much a Ar- nod. Arkham is a Lovecraftian yeah. uh, institution, period, the end. Was Arkham a town or an institution? Uh, I it was a town. I thought it was a city. A city. I think it was a city. Yeah. Yeah. Because you but had the, the same mis- people. Yeah, you had the Miskatonic University um, uh, at in Arkham. Yeah. Oh my god, it was you that was was it you that was posting the thing on Facebook with someone having an argument with the Miskatonic Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So on Facebook, there's this this group for for Miskatonic University where you kind of like basically pretend that you're a student at Miskatonic University. And this guy comes in and he's talking about, you know, liberals and your agenda, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, oh, oh God, the guy who's, who's chatting with him, who's running the the page for this conversation was just like, no, we have no agenda here. We, we sacrifice everyone. And it was just fucking oh, it's so good. This guy could not understand that he was being completely ripped in half. Oh, my God. It, he Brilliant. doubles down as soon as he's called out as well. It's so funny. Um, oh, man. So for people that don't quite know what we're referencing, just really easy. You probably got it from it there. But the Mescatonic, Mescatonic, Mescatonic University, Mescatonic University is the university in Lovecraft mythos where um, like the sort of like, I guess it's, you would be educated on the old ones. It's well, like so no, the, it's, the it's, it's, center. it's, it's a university, so it's got basic yeah. school things. But in its library, it happens to have the greatest collection of occult books. Um, it's the only place where you can get the copy, the only copy of the Necronomicon. Um, and that's like with the Dunwich Horror, which is one of the few stories that I really would suggest that you read because it's it's a really really great story. Again, it's a lot, but it's it's fucking great the compensation is that they're short because they were always for the magazine really and so it was always they were always pretty they're never really more than 10 pages 15 pages but yeah but they feel like forever uh, <laughs> uh, but right. is really great and the, again there's YouTubes where they're just they just read the story so that's what I was doing for the last like week and a half every once in a while I just pop on a story about an hour and a half just listen to it while I'm washing dishes or whatever Really great way to get through it because that shit's a lot. Cool. I'm yeah. gonna skip over the rest of my stuff because it's sounding like I'm just like going listy, 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 listy. But I just got two more things I want to mention. One is, um, we need a whole other episode to talk about the tabletop games that Lovecraft has inspired. Uh-huh. So I feel like we just kind of need to go. Do you know what, guys? There are more tabletop. RPG games, then we can count, inspired by Lovecraft. That is where his love his his fans are. That's where they are. Oh, yeah. Those are yeah. his people. The the people that play D D. <laughs> video gamer video gamers, board games, tabletop games, card games, nerds love Lovecraft. Oh yeah. 
Absolutely. I'm sure, I'm sure Gygax was a fucking Lovecraft fan. He had to have been. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that he yeah. had probably got probably first edition copies of the fucking com- um, the magazine that he wrote for for weird weird stories when he mm-hmm. got his money. Those would that would have been the shit that he spent on. Yeah. But the thing the thing that I want to make sure that we talk about just for a minute, if you've heard of it, was it completely doesn't fall into any of these categories. It is the new frontier, which is the internet. The SCP Foundation. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, so this will this will divide the audience of this podcast into two groups of people. One group that are like, "Oh my god, I remember that. I used to read that for hours." And then the group that are like, "What? What's the SCP Foundation? The SCP Foundation is a secret." base sorry it's a website on which there are entries for the inmates of a secret facility mm-hmm. ran by the scp foundation and all of the special techniques that the facility has to undertake in order to keep these inmates who are all of a supernatural nature in this facility. They need to be contained and they need to be uh, documented and they need, and and occasionally they escape. And anyway, but there's basically a website full of short stories that are around the same theme that describe an inmate, what they've done to get there and how the foundation like their superpower as well, like what's Ooh. supernatural about them, and then what the foundation have to do in order to secure this particular inmate. And it's fan written. Yeah, it's kind of like um, it's no, like it's... cooperative literature or something. Yeah, what's the spooky one? Uh, fuck. Slender Man. Oh yeah, yeah, creepy pastas. Yeah, it's like creepy pasta. They are creepy pastas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're almost, they could almost be credited as, like, one of the first creepypasta websites, I think. Yeah. Well, and there's video games of it now. So people who mm-hmm. weren't aware of the, the website um, are playing video games of SCP. So SCPs never went away. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's as Lovecraftian as it gets. That's yeah. Great. <laughs> and I would like to add SCP Foundation to our list of topics. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So... There is there's so much Lovecraft in it that it deserves to be mentioned in this episode. But I absolutely wanted to mention it so that we could get everybody excited about the episode in the future that we might do on SCP Foundation because it's I mean, when I found that website, well God, what would it have been? I don't know. I don't wanna I don't know. It was years t- 12, 13, 14 years ago, I'm not sure. A while ago, yeah. Um I thought, this is brilliant. Who's writing this? And there's th- hundreds and hundreds of entries. And I'm sure it's grown since I've seen it. Yes, it has. Um, but there's some doozies in there. There's some doozies. Because some of them have photographs. <laughs> oh, I'm excited for that one. Yeah. I can't wait till we do that. Basically, episode. we get to spend a week faffing about on SCP. Yeah, right. Yes, please. <laughs> 
we'll end up pulling out the same ones. You know? <laughs> no, no, no. You'll, you'll start at the front and I'll start at the back or something like that. And we'll uh, meet in the middle. So, so everyone out there, it should still be online. I think it's still yeah. online. I believe it is. So listeners, go look. <laughs> um, um, you've mentioned all the fun facts that I had at the end I've done my list of phobias the only thing that I haven't talked about was the only the last thing to say is that apparently Lovecraft isn't buried under his headstone but that's not that particularly yeah. interesting but uh. well he was he was buried with his mom right and then a bunch of fans got together uh, to pay for a new headstone for just him, but they didn't move his body. Oh, is that the story? Okay, because like the, so. the, the little blurb that I've got here is that he um, he was buried in a cemetery and listed on his mother's family's monument. Mm-hmm. But that uh, Lovecraft fans in 1977 funded and installed a separate headstone. But then, oh, yeah, 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 okay. But then in 1997, somebody, like, yeah, tried to dig up his corpse, but gave up. Well, first of all, he wasn't there because he wasn't under his own headstone. That was fan put there anyway. But he also only dug for three feet. I know. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) I give up. That was was hard, man. I like (laughs) I just like the idea of suddenly him going, do you know what? <laughs> I love you, man, but not this much. I couldn't yeah. do this again. That's six feet, man. That's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. That's so good. <laughs> Lovecraft would not have approved of that. No, That's not the proper thing to do. No, that kind of thing would scare the shit out of him. And I'm going to look back at the list. It's blunt instruments on his list. <laughs> <laughs> No. Grave diggers. Oh, it's right there. <laughs> well, if he was afraid of cellars, he's definitely afraid of graves. Uh-huh. Well, and right. getting old and dying and blunt instruments, it's all, all bad. Yeah. Don't do that to his poor little body. Freak out. Oh, yeah. So that's that just thing? even, that is like just chipping off the top of pop culture that, that Lovecraft has um, inspired. Yeah, uh, there's so much. South Park. South Park had a whole whole bunch with the. With I did the mention South Park. I mentioned South Park. Oh. I just kind of skipped over it very very quickly. Got it. Um, yeah, there. I mean, there's there's so much to it. Uh, any any fiction writer will, if they're if they're not directly influenced by him, then they know of him and can acknowledge that he's just in everything. Um, yeah, it's it comes to what's what's really f- not fun, but kind of interesting to me is watching that sort of battle between how do you appreciate this this stories these stories this this storytelling that influenced you so hard with this really shitty ideology that he had and the art from the artist yeah and i was talking to my dad about it and (coughs) he said something along the lines of he goes if you only ever want to read or watch works by people that are a hundred percent good you will never enjoy anything mm. like you just won't have anything to read um and and that's just kind of it's true people people themselves are problematic i have problematic things about me i'm sure mm. um i can't think of any because as far as i'm concerned i'm perfect but i mean i'm sure there are things about me that that do 
bother or maybe even hurt other people. And I, I pray to God that that's not true, but it's just something we have to acknowledge. Um, and when it comes to fiction, it's it's to be put out there and experienced, not for the sake of the author, but for the sake of the art. It's difficult. It's a difficult one. Because yeah. I want to say a million things like you can't judge people based on your reality now um, <laughs> when they lived 100 years ago. You just can't. But at oh, the but same he was time, even racist for then. But that was then about they to were say. Like, but at the same time, I'm not saying that being racist has ever been an okay thing to be, and especially the level at which he was so phobic. But I have to, I have to say that in this particular instance, and I hope I don't offend anybody, I think he was mentally unwell, mm-hmm. into the point where I think that he had an undiagnosed um, learning disability. I believe he was probably autistic. And then I think that the way that his world was shaped around him by his mother and by potentially other people, it created this whirlwind of rigidity and really black and white thinking. Um, well, literally, and, and, literally black and white thinking. <laughs> well, um, and clearly his aunts were anti-Semitic as well. So yeah. it, it was in his upbringing. Yeah. And when you're in your upbringing like that and overly coddled and overly protected and overly sheltered and and of a very nervous and phobic predisposition the you know this is how it turned out there there was no other way for that to have turned out the fiction as well itself is you can tell very thinly veiled racist a lot of the time So there's like obviously the invasion of these others and he'll describe monsters within like Dagon, for example. I know that he describes like the some of the sort of half human, half fish people Mm -hmm. um, in very sort of very, very easily um, uh, paralleled to analogy to to immigrants from you know probably russia and places like that and it just you can tell that within the fiction itself he's trying to work shit out and he's trying to but he does paint people as the baddies um that are from other places um but now that you live now in 2020 you can take that art and you can turn it into something else and that's what people like del toro does that's what terry pratchett and stephen king all these people have done um it's taken the I mean, Clive Barker, yeah. Sure. <laughs> Taking this mythos, which is rooted in a very sort of, um, not only, but yeah, like xenophobic and misogynist sort of place as well. Mm-hmm. We didn't even get into that. Because uh, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're so wrapped up in making you guys understand that we understand that, that he wasn't through and through a very good person but there were constant but there were reasons for that what was i saying oh just that you can turn that art into something else and bring it into the 21st century because the mythos itself is just beautiful and it's just cool and it's fun and it's fascinating and it's fascinating and it's deep and it's rich and it's inspired by so many different kinds of ancient mythology especially like you said in the beginning that he was really into the roman myths yeah or was it Greek? Was it Greek? Greek mythology? Roman. Roman, Roman mythology. Yeah. Well, Which is why... weird because, like, he would know that it came from the Greek anyway. I, just... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Oh, Herbert. That's why there's a reason that mythology is so, <gasps> so 
engaging and then doesn't go away. And the fact that he could just create his own mythology in the 1920s is fucking cool. Because <laughs> most of those mythologies have been built up for a long time. This was just like, boom, mythology. Let's figure this out. Let's flesh it out. And they did. Uh, collectively, as a group, fleshed out this mythology and, and let and allowed for it to be fleshed out even more. And it was it was a gift. It felt it felt like a gift. Yeah. We can have it and we can take it to where we want to take it. And yeah. where I want to take it now is to bed. Fair enough. All right, y'all. Uh, <laughs> this is a long one, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, it was not supposed to be. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, that was me listing off stuff. I'm so tired. <laughs> oh, well, uh, well, I mean, uh, side note, if we want to split this into two, we can do that too. Okay, we'll see. We'll see how the yeah. editing goes. Yeah, because we yeah. could do one where it's just biography and one where we're talking about all of the Lovecraftian stuff. So, if you dug this, if you loved it, uh, if you uh, know more than I do, which I'm sure if you're a hardcore HP Lovecraft fan, I'm sure you know way more than I do. Because as much as I do love and dote on uh, Lovecraftian fiction, I am not a diehard, and diehards are full of facts. Mm-hmm. So if you're one of them and you want to give me some cool facts that I may have missed, please hit us up on our Instagram, our Facebook, or our Twitter. Um, we will shout you out. We will... I will gladly put my hand up and say, I messed it up, and I will tell the world where I messed up. So please, do that thing. If you have any topics that you would like us to cover in the future, or if you want us to go back to something in one of our previous episodes, hit us up on our email at zombiefishbowlpodcast at gmail.com. Um, also, we are, again, are on many streaming services, so if you can leave us some reviews, some stars, some likes, some hugs, some kisses, some presents, that would be wonderful. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Spread the word. And, uh, yeah, I'll do that thing. Okay. I didn't get a quote. Yes, oh, I need to do the random the, thing anyway. You need to do our topic. <sighs> random topic bigger. There we go. That's it. I've done it. Sorry, I'll do it properly. I Chris. bet that one hurt everybody's ears. Right. Random topic picker. No, I don't like that. Random, <laughs> random topic. Random, random topic picker. <laughs> That's it. Almost, I'm not doing anymore. It's perfect. Okay, I'm literally. This is it. Reincarnation. Oh, okay, cool. Hey, it's kind of a spiritual in this next one. Yeah, that's a total left turn from what we're doing today, Melanie. Yeah, my this is my bag right here. All right, yeah. cool. Reincarnation. What tarnation? Reincarnation. That is going to be the name of the episode. Oh my god, yes. (laughs) Bring bring back old timey speech, I say. (laughs) Oh my god, that's awesome. All right, so I did a quote today because I was already on a big old Lovecraft binge, so it wasn't a far stretch for me to pull one out of the hat. And since we were doing one specifically on H.P. Lovecraft and not the mythos itself, I figured... We'll go with the Lovecraftian quote, or Lovecraft quote, about himself. Heaven knows where I'll end up, but it's a safe bet that I'll never be at the top of anything, nor do I particularly care to be. Oh. Well, what sassy H.P. Lovecraft? Yeah, oh, he, got, he got some sass in him. It's definitely sassy. <laughs> so, I might not go to heaven, but I, uh, no, I just can't even anymore. <laughs> Oh, you go to bed. I love you. I'll talk to you next week. Is this even happening? Melanie, don't pack. <laughs> <laughs>
I will. Don't. Panic. Panic. No. No, don't do it. Don't worry. I'll sing. No, no. Every little thing. I'm delusional now. You know what you song know, I got? Delusional. You know what song I got in my head when he said don't do it? It was uh, uh, from Heather's. Don't try suicide. Don't do it. Don't try suicide. You haven't seen Heather's? Mm, I've said it with you years ago, but that one time and that one time only. Oh my god, you gotta watch Heather's again, like right now. All right, go to bed. I love you. I will do. do. Bye, everybody. Everybody, go to bed. (laughs) The fuck was that word? Good night. (laughs) Good night. You go to bed. I love you. What's a bed? I don't know, but it was good. Go to bed. Oh, yeah. (laughs)